4: Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for Rush Hour, as always, presented by Bet Rivers, and as always, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can always follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke Five. As for Veasan, at Veasan Live on the tweets. Man, it's been a uh, been a pretty hectic day to say the least, right? We've got the news about USC, UCLA. Seems like they're gonna be joining the Big Ten in the near future. We've got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, now not going to be with the Brooklyn Nets, and free agency officially can't start as of the top of this hour. So it has been quite the whirlwind to say the least. I will try to keep you updated as much as possible if any big news goes down in terms of the hardwood. And, well, we'll talk about some of these betting markets, not only with the championship odds, but some of these books are offering odds on where Kevin Durant will land. We'll talk about what impact that news has made in 15 minutes with our guy, Josh Applebaum. How is Durant's decision or potential decision and potential landing spot impacted all of those odds we'll talk about that with Josh and much more really throughout the NFL offseason plays and some baseball tonight and we'll really do the same with Will Hill host of the New York City cast kind of works out perfectly right we'll see what he's thinking about this whole debacle with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and I know he's got some more bets that he has added to his slate heading into the football season and a little bit of baseball with our guy Will and Will will be joining us in 30 minutes and then a couple of games I want to go throughout in terms of the diamond in 45 minutes. I got one official play, and then I just want to give my two cents on that Cubs matchup, the rubber match with uh, the Cincinnati Reds tonight. You got Hendricks on the bump, and like I always say, it's either a fadeaway or stay away. We'll tell you how we're handicapping that one at the end of the show. We're going to keep the theme going, looking at these win totals to start things off. So, we began at the beginning of the week with the NFC North, right? We talked Vikings and Packers. I told John Benton the Vikings over eight and a half wins. We talked about the Bears and the Lions. And then, yesterday, we had our guy, host of the Philadelphia City cast, Ryan Rothstein, joining us. And he was giving his thoughts on the Eagles' win total and the Cowboys' win total. And same as myself. But now I want to go to the bottom tier teams in the NFC East because honestly. I think these are more interesting to look at their win total than the Cowboys and Eagles. And you may think, why would you even consider that? They're not going to be exciting, but that's what from the betting angle makes it exciting because you almost have more of a, I guess, clear path, you could say, in terms of how to bet them. But let's go ahead, start it up with the Washington Commanders. What can Carson Wentz bring to the table this football squad well last year they ended with a seven and ten record the big acquisitions like i just mentioned carson wentz as their quarterback and the big draft that they had Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver going to be joining the squad they just signed uh terry mclaurin or restructured his contract whatever it is but he will be back in the mix they still got mckissick they still got gibson and obviously they got a fairly solid defense if they can stay healthy Their odds to make the playoffs right now, the yes is the underdog, plus 175, and the no is minus 220. Their win total honestly ranges anywhere from 7.5 to 8.5, and if you see the 8.5, of course, the juice is heavily going to be on the under. But at Bet Rivers, the number 7.5, and you actually see the juice on the over, minus 125. The under 7.5, you're getting plus 103. Well, let's look at their schedule and let's separate it into the categories. Beginning with the winnable games for the Washington Commanders. Week one, you get Jacksonville. All right, favorable start to your year. That should be a winnable game, you would think, on paper for the Commanders. Week 11, yes, you have to go all the way to week 11 to get that next winnable game for the Commanders. That will be on the road, but it will be against the Houston Texans, presumably one of the bottom-tier teams in the National Football League. Then the next week, you're also going against another bottom-tier squad, the Atlanta Falcons. You get them at home. Week 15 versus the Giants at home. Week 17 versus the Browns. Now, I put the Browns there because we don't know what the heck's going to happen with Cleveland this season in terms of their quarterback and how that's going to affect the whole season for Cleveland. So that honestly should be a winnable game for the commanders, assuming Deshaun Watson will not be in the mix. All right, now we look at the losable games. It begins week 4 at Dallas, week 7 versus Green Bay, week 8 at Indy against the Colts, week 10 at Philly, you assume you're probably going to lose at least one to the Eagles, why not have it be the one on the road, and then week 7, or 16, pardon me, you're on the West Coast against the 49ers, you probably ain't winning that game. Toss-up games, the 50-50 guys, week 2 at Detroit. I get it. You still have the same vision for the Lions, and so do I. I don't think they're going to be a top team, but you saw how competitive they were last year. You saw what Dan Campbell was able to implement with that limited roster. Now you get some more acquisitions in the offseason through the draft, another year with a new coaching regime, and hopefully some health at the beginning of the year, and it could be a tougher game going to the Motor City. So yeah, that's a toss-up game to me. Week 3 versus Philly, maybe a split with the Eagles. If it's going to be a game you win, it would be the one at home, but even still, you're not as good as the Eagles. Week five, you get the Titans at home. We talk about regression with Tennessee. Luckily for the Titans, it's earlier in the year, so that may give them the benefit of the doubt, but still 50-50. Week six at Chicago. Yeah, I'm a Bears fan, but I'm still always giving the Bears a lot of crap, but I I just am not high on Carson Wentz. That's why I consider this a 50-50 game. You're going to Chicago, and hey, maybe the Bears, for whatever reason, actually look somewhat competitive themselves. Week 9 versus Minnesota, the Vikings are better than you, but you do get them at home. That makes it 50-50. Week 13 on the road against the Giants, tough spot against the Giants. I mean, I don't really, I mean, I guess you're a little better. You're assuming you should be a little bit better than the Giants, but you're probably going to split with them. Then week 18, week 18 is always wonky. You do get Dallas at least at home, but maybe the Cowboys have their playoff spot solidified. They won't need to try as hard. But after looking at all of that, where am I thinking they end up? Again, 7.5 to 8.5 is the range of the win total that we have seen in Illinois. I have it right around there, 7-10 and 10 to 8-9. and nine. Seems like the appropriate spot to put the commanders at for this upcoming season. So with this number at 7.5, even though you're getting some plus money to the under, would I bet it? No. 8, eh, not much. Doesn't move the needle. And like I said, you could do 8.5, but they're making you pay a pretty steep price for it. If for whatever reason, the price was appropriate at eight and a half, meaning if you could get about minus 140, yeah, I guess minus 140 would be the most I would want to lay under eight and a half with the commanders. Folks, I know they got some talent around their team, but their organization in its entirety is just kind of a mess, right? There's all these off-field distractions. It's always been just a complete destruction from Washington as of late. And speaking of destruction, Carson Wentz is the face of destruction right now, folks. He's not a good quarterback as much as you want him to be. The Colts found that out the hard way. Ever since his injury, he has not been a top-tier guy and he will not be a guy to lead your team to the playoffs, especially this team down in Washington. So no, I don't have high hopes for this Commander's team, but they do have a somewhat favorable schedule to what could make them an eight-win team. But man, I would be shocked if they got to nine wins. So if I did see that eight and a half and it was at an appropriate price, that would be my outlook for the commanders heading into this season. But with the numbers and the prices that they are at right now, not gonna touch it at this moment. Again, very low on this commander's team and then naturally that coincides with me being low on the giants the team that does have some talent offensively we know what they did in the draft they had a lot of picks available defensively they got Kayvon Thibodeau the edge rusher they got Evan Neal for the offensive line and they got uh, Wandale Robinson a speedy receiver played at both Nebraska and Kentucky dude could definitely make a difference think about like a Rondale Moore type of player he's just a very valuable asset potentially for this offense. But aside from that, you know the receivers they have. They were pretty much all injured last year. It doesn't really matter if the receivers are healthy or injured if you don't have an offensive line that can't protect and you don't have a viable quarterback and Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback yet. He has not proven anything. Heck, he hasn't even proven that he can take that step forward to getting in that direction. I don't care that you brought on Brian Dable. I just don't think that he's the right quarterback to help you make the playoffs or help you get over your win total of 7.5. The reason I'm not betting the under is because, well, they're making you pay that juice, minus 165. You can find sevens out there to where you'd get a better price, but I would really want that hook. Now, there are some winnable games for the Giants, folks. They got week two versus Carolina, week four versus Chicago, week eight at Seattle against the Seahawks. After your bye week, you get Houston at home. Then the next week, you get Detroit at home. And then week 13, you probably split with the Commanders, and you could beat them at home. So not too bad out of the Giants. You put about six winnable games right there. The losable games, Week 1 at Tennessee, Week 3 versus Dallas, Week 5 versus Green Bay in London, Week 6 versus Baltimore, Week 12 at Dallas, Week 16 you're on the road against Minnesota, Week 17 you get the Colts at home, but it's still the Colts a better team than you, and then Week 18 you're on the road against the Eagles, maybe the Eagles have their spot solidified, probably not though. Toss-up games, I've got Trace. Week 7 at Jacksonville. Jacksonville may actually be somewhat of a tough team this year with that offense and Doug Peterson leading it. They got some weapons, but they're still the Jacks. Week 14 versus Philly, we talk about splitting. Maybe that's a spot the Giants do it. And same goes for Week 15 at Washington. Look, I got them at 6-11. That would be my hard-press prediction right now. At most, at most, I see this Giants team getting seven wins. Again, they have some talent offensively with the wide receiver position, with the running back, and they are adding to that offensive line and a new play caller, or his coach should benefit you. But at the end of the day, you're only going to go as far as your quarterback takes you. And Daniel Jones is not a quarterback that is set to take you far. And he got a division to where yeah, I'm not high in the commanders, but Carson Wentz is better than Daniel Jones. Jalen Hurts is, and so is Dak Prescott. So you got three teams above you. You got to play all of them twice. And then you got some other tough spots there like Green Bay, Baltimore, Minnesota, and the Colts. So it's not looking like it's going to be a solid year for the Giants. Maybe you have some highlight worthy plays every now and then, but I would look under or nothing for the G men up in New York. But that's the conclusion of our NFC East preview. We'll switch it up a little bit more so tomorrow. During this break, we'll see if anything's gone on during the NBA. We'll make sure to keep you updated. And, well, Josh Applebaum's joining us next. He'll keep us updated on how the market has shifted since the news of Kevin Durant. You won't want to miss it. That's coming next here on Rush Hour.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: The VEASAN Summer Special is here, and for only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from right now to the end of July. So sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's Daily Best Bets, which includes Adam Burke's top plays throughout Major League Baseball, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So if you want the full VEASAN experience, which also features the Daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $19 and you'll be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. That's dot ncom slash summer. Okay, folks. Well, in that quick commercial break, after uh, we took our first segment (laughs) off here on rush hour we have uh, quite some news we told you free agency officially started at the top of the hour uh let me rifle through some of these that we have seen up to this point just some of the bigger ones right now before we bring in our guy josh applebaum but the biggest one that i saw was bradley beal agreeing to a five-year 251 million dollar max to stay with the wizards a lot of speculation that beal could maybe go to another team like the sixers to help compete uh, a lot of speculation for the Bulls with Mobaba. Looks like he's staying with the Orlando Magic. Couple years, twenty-one million dollar deal, up in Milwaukee. Bobby Portis is returning to the Bucks on a four-year deal. They also are going to get Joe Ingles, so that's going to help with their shooting for Milwaukee. So that'll be big. Uh, speaking of the Sixers, they get P.J. Tucker for a few years. That's the latest news in Philly. DeAndre Jordan to the Nuggets was another one. And then Portland Trailblazers guard Anthony Simons has agreed on a four-year, $100 million contract extension. So they just keep flooding in, and we'll try to update you as much as possible here on Rush Hour. But to help us do just that, not only with just some of the breaking news, but especially in terms of the betting market with all this mayhem, is our guy Josh Applebaum, who you can follow on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. He is Beeson's betting reporter. Uh, Josh, I-, I just got got to ask you you know you're a little bit closer to this situation out on the east coast what was your reaction when you heard about this whole Kevin Durant debacle and then I'm sure you ran right to the odds page what what was kind of like that whole timeline for you today
3: yeah Danny it's great to be with you and by the way pretty slow day right nothing nothing much is going on right now right but uh just kidding obviously this is a great time to be on Twitter right now I think it's Sham Sharania and Woj battling it out for who can break the biggest deals here but You know, to me, uh, when we're looking at this, um, you know, what I would say here is really kind of I saw this. Not that I saw it coming, but just Kyrie Irving and his effect on teams. You know, we saw Kyrie opt into his deal yesterday. and Then the very next day, Kevin Durant wants out. Now, what's interesting here to me, uh, you know, looking at this one, Danny, is that uh, Brian Scalabrini, who was on the 08 Celtics championship team, really didn't play much at all. But he's now a big media member in Boston. And about a week ago, he was the first person before any talk of KD leaving or opting out saying the Celtics would be a pretty good trade partner for Kevin Durant. You know, it would probably center around Jalen Brown. Now to me as a Celtics fan, it's, you know, why are you giving up a 24 year old Brown for a 34 year old Durant as great as Durant is, especially after it seems like Brown and Tatum finally uh, start to mesh and, you know, are two games away from NBA finals. But that was interesting to me that Scal who's plugged in was kind of floating this Kevin Durant, maybe wants out situation. So, now we see today, obviously, that he requests a trade, Danny. And just in terms of you know teams that we're eyeing, and we're all kind of doing this together on Twitter, reading the tea leaves, seeing where these insiders are at. And remember, take these insiders with a grain of salt. I don't have to remind you, Danny, what happened to me and those of us on Jabari Parker, number one overall pick <laughs> about a week ago. Uh, but two teams that you're hearing a lot right now for Kevin Durant, the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. Now the Phoenix Suns, they moved today on speculation of maybe adding uh, uh, Kevin Durant here. From plus four, uh, plus a thousand to plus six hundred. They're now one of the co-favorites win the NBA title, right there with the Golden State Warriors, the uh, the Clippers here, and my Boston Celtics. All around plus six hundred. Uh, by the way, you did just see a big deal signed here by Booker with Phoenix, four years, two hundred and fourteen million. DeAndre Ayton's a free agent for them. But the other team here is Miami, Danny. Now, uh, wouldn't we like to go down to South Beach? You know, there's not much uh, state income tax down there. You could team up with, obviously, uh, Jimmy Butler, and you have Pat Riley at the helm there in Miami. Miami has a team that maybe Durant could go to. They've moved today plus 1,400 down to plus 1,000. So all these big signings, we didn't even mention the Joker signing the biggest deal in the history of the NBA, five years, $264 million. Danny, it's tough to be a Colorado fan. You got the parade with the Avs today. Then you re signed Joker to a big deal. The Nuggets are plus 1,400 to win the title here. But really, we're kind of waiting on Durant and the two teams that move the most on a speculation that he could join them, the Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns
4: man yeah that's what we heard is two top destinations and it seems like the Suns are more of the short shot but then you've also heard conflicting reports because Kevin Durant would want to play there with Devin Booker but simultaneously the Nets don't want to get rid of Durant without bringing on Booker which of course isn't going to be the case so I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> I don't know if anybody does but like you said Josh I mean based on what Kevin Durant does is really going to shake up the NBA futures market and uh, hopefully we get something soon more to talk about right and more to get pumped about but Josh, uh, we can take a quick break from the NBA. I'm sure we'll get infinite amounts of news in the meantime, but I did want to talk some baseball with you, bud. Uh, This Cubs game tonight, it's a rubber match with the Cubbies and the Reds. Hendricks is quite the intriguing pitcher to, I guess, just uh, speculate on what to do with him this year. He's got the Cubbies tonight listed as a minus 130 favorite. High total, winds blowing out, hotter day. Ten in the hook is what we are seeing. Uh, What did you see with the odds throughout the day for this game, and did you get involved in this
3: So I did get involved, Danny, and really no play here on the money line. As you mentioned, Cubs are around minus 125, minus 130. But I did have a system match on the over, Danny. And you're going to confirm to me, hopefully, that it's very hot out there and the wind is blowing out. That's a big part of the cap here tonight. But uh, the total opened at around 9.5 for this game. We saw it immediately get get bet up to 10. And now it's all the way up to 10.5. So what's notable to me is it's very rare in Major League Baseball that you see a total move up or down a full run. It really doesn't happen that often kind of tells me that you know the nine and a half obviously was your best number to the over the 10 got hit as well and now that you're at 10 and a half you're not getting the best of it but there's really been no buyback juice wise or bring uh, bring this line back down so I took a shot on the over I put the uh, the over 10 in earlier today Danny and just from a system based standpoint you know it's about 85 degrees based on my reports Danny uh, in Chicago it's a really uh, really um, you know hot night tonight anytime you see any te- uh, the the temperature 80 degrees or more Combined with the wind blowing out 10 miles an hour or more, you see these overs hit around 54, 55%. So that's my angle here. You do have some reasons to like this over from our VEASAN.com bet splits. Only about 45% of bets, but almost 65% of money is on the over. And the Reds have been one of the better over teams this year. They can hit, and they really have no pitching. They're 41 and 32 to the over. In six matchups, the overs 4 and 2 this series. So, Danny, it's really hot. Uh, It's really windy, blown out at Wrigley. I want a lot of runs tonight. I'm on the over ten right now. The line is ten and a half, though
4: can confirm very hot here in the windy city and yes it looks like the wind is blowing out i'm with you my man if i'm betting anything in that game it's got to be for there to be plenty of runs especially with Hendricks taking the bump he had a great outing his last time but it goes back and forth it's ping pong with Hendricks in his outing so he's probably due to give up at least five or six tonight against the reds who have been hitting pretty well uh, at wrigley field too so uh, yeah probably a good amount of runs to see on the north side Let's take it out to the West Coast, though, so Josh. I know you got some interest with this Dodgers and Padres game. Seldom do we see Los Angeles as low as minus 130, but that's the region they're at right now hosting the Padres in a short total also at about 7.5. What are we thinking for this one?
3: So, kind of my same thoughts uh, with the Yankees and this game. Just just got started here. As I'm looking at with the Dodgers, really good teams at really reduced prices here. I mean, the Yankees uh, at the, at uh, playing at Houston, they got as down uh, as low as like minus one twenty as an opener, up to like minus one thirty. Same thing here with the with the Dodgers. They open as low as around minus one twenty, now up to around minus one thirty five. So a lot of movement here for the Dodgers here. Uh, what I do like, um, you know, Danny. Is a favorite low total. Anytime I see that line, you know, leaning liability-wise to the under, the total in this one was uh, eight at one point. It's down to seven and a half at some shops. You see the line falling to the total and moving toward the favorite. That's something I always like to see in terms of correlative betting. Fewer amount of expected runs scored more likely. It comes from, quote-unquote, that better team. And it's just kind of fishy to me, Danny, like, you know, if you look at Joe Musgrove, he's pitching tonight against the Dodgers. He's got some really good numbers here. I got lit up a little bit uh, for the pretty much his worst start all year against the Phillies last time out. He gave up six runs in six innings, but on the year he's eight and one with a 2.12 ERA He's going up against, uh, I called him Mike white earlier today. It's actually Mitch white. I even screwed up this guy's name, (laughs) but kind of a nobody for the Dodgers. So if Musgrove's got these great numbers, San Diego's a pretty good team getting plus money. You know, wouldn't you think the line would go to the Padres? No, it's actually moving to the Dodgers here. So I'm going to back the Dodgers in this spot. Uh, To
4: me, it's a pretty good value price on a really good team, laying a very short number at home. All right, Josh, hey, we got about 30 seconds. Did you get involved in any WNBA tonight? I know you like to kind of scavenge out some of those market movements as well.
3: Oh, yeah, Danny, in the summer, you know, I need, I need my sweats. I need my action here. So i am been trying my best to do my best at WNBA, but I'm on the under tonight. It's uh, the dream and the liberty. We saw this line open as high as uh, around 160 and a half, now down to 159 and a half. So we've seen this movement toward the under. What I like about this under, uh, both of these teams are the two worst offensive efficiency teams in the WNBA. They rank 11th and 12th out of a 12-team league. The Dream are also your number 3 defensive team. The Liberty are your second slowest pace team in the WNBA. And again, really leaning on these uh which I think are fantastic these Visen uh, bet splits, only around 37% of money on are, are is on the under Danny, but almost 90% of the money. So that's a pretty good discrepancy
4: on the under in the Liberty game. All right, there he is, Josh Applebaum, folks. Big thanks to him. Make sure you follow him on the tweets at Josh underscore insights. His write-ups every single day, vcin.com. Coming next, let's head to the East Coast again. We'll talk with Will Hill, Knicks, Nets, baseball, and more here on Rush Hour.
1: This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts that are designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. And you've got these CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast available and you'll be set up with multiple episodes a week along with great local sports betting content. All right, it has been a frantic Thursday, to say the least. Not that much big news happened in this past commercial break, but we did have a bunch after the first one. Again, the show is Rush Hour. Welcome in. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we're still waiting to see all the craziness that goes down out on the East Coast with members of the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, so we got to talk to our guy out there, host of the New York City Cast, Will Hill at not the Will Hill, where you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, Will, what the heck's going on, man? I, I guess we'll just save all the banter beforehand with it. But what do you think ends up happening with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving?
5: I mean who the hell knows it's funny I mean you and I both love working at Phoenix but what if we just woke up one day and say you uh, uh trade me somewhere else I mean this guy's got 4 years left on a contract he didn't want to you know stay in Golden State where he's winning championships he hand picks the coach in terms of Nash uh they were really close to winning a title last year his foot's on the line yeah. um you know trade for hard to do this do that and then wakes up one day and says you know what get me out of here after he uses his leverage to help Kyrie get paid so Sounds like it's overlooked. If I'm the Nets, i just kind of stare him down and say, "Look, I, I, I don't want to trade you, but if it comes to that, I, I think you got to make a list. If you're the Nets, of the best 21, 22, 23 year old players in the league, and just kind of call around and see what's the best player you can get. Because normally, in a situation like this, you'd say, "You know what? Just tear it down, build around picks, you almost tank." But remember, Houston has their next five draft picks, so Houston owns their future. So any sort of deal, it almost you have to make a win now deal. But how do you make a win now deal when you don't have Durant and looks like you won't have Kyrie? Very tricky. I know the Suns have been rumored here. Uh, The Grizzlies are a team with a lot of young assets. Could you probably can't get Morant back? Jaron Jackson Jr., I just saw, has had surgery, so he's out six months. I don't know. Could you call up the Raptors and maybe say, you know, Scotty Barnes and some picks? Uh, This is Kevin Durant still. I know he's got his issues, but I'm not trading him unless I get a very enticing package uh, in return.
4: Yeah, and you talk about the Suns, and it seems like based on these reports, and naturally you're hearing infinite reports, but that if the Nets were trading Kevin Durant, you would want a Devin Booker in return. But KD's only going to want to go there if Devin Booker's there, presumably. And then I just saw the reports that the Nets aren't interested in DeAndre Ayton. And then you look at a team like Miami, another team that's rumored, and you're looking at it going, well, there's just not that much talent that can match giving away Kevin Durant. You mentioned a team like the Raptors. Sure, maybe same case scenario. And, hey, the Bulls are up there, a team that's not being talked about too much. You could get rid of a DeMar DeRozan. You could do a sign-and-trade with Zach Levine, pair it with Vooch, get rid of Caruso, get rid of uh, Patrick Williams, who has a high ceiling. I mean, there are just so many opportunities out there right now because you also, like you said, have to consider the Nets don't want to be tanking, right, because their future, they don't control it. So they need to get those valuable assets in return. And for Kevin Durant, well, he's not going to go to a team that can't win a championship, right? He wants to be at one of the top contending squads. And it seems like now a team out in L.A., the Lakers or the Clippers are also in the conversation. And Kyrie, the short shot for his team, seems to be the Lakers. Do you think Kyrie ends up there?
5: Who knows? He doesn't have a lot of value because of all the issues that we know. I mean, whether it's prote- protesting social justice or vaccines or injuries or the fact that he's 30 or the fact that he's not really good on defense. I mean, who wants to deal with it? You're going to trade for him. Um, And who knows, three, four months from now, he's not going to want to play because of some other issue or he's hurt or he just doesn't feel like playing. So I think people are over Kyrie. The Lakers are in a situation where they're desperate. Now, you're going to have to give up, uh, obviously, a pick. Westbrook is not somebody anybody else wants. uh, Man, it's tricky. My guess would be the Lakers just because you can get some future picks. Westbrook's deal expires after a year. Uh, Well, you're really not getting a whole lot back. Maybe you can get Horton Tucker back, something like that, in terms of a young player. I I just don't know how much value Kyrie has, but I do see it from the Lakers standpoint where it's like, look, LeBron only has so many years left. We've got Davis. We don't have any wiggle room with the roster. Could we get uh, Irving and pair him with Davis and LeBron? And hey, Davis and LeBron arrested. Um, You know, they put, they played in the bubble. Then they had, you know, these two shortened off seasons. If we get them rested, motivated, we add Kyrie. That's a pretty good trio. So uh, I do think the Lakers probably make some sense, but Boy, it's just uh, it's a roller coaster ride with these Nets. When you go from Harden all winter to Irving, now Durant, Ben Simmons, uh, it's funny. People in New York don't even care about the Nets. It's a Knicks down. But nationally, it's just a, it's a wild story. But hey, it's, uh, it's good for us because we're entering July. We don't have NFL. We don't have NBA. We don't have NHL. It, it gives us good content. So from our side of it, I'm, uh, I'm pretty grateful.
4: Now, really quick, before we do move on to the NFL, well, you talk about New York being a Knicks town. The Knicks did make some noise, bringing on Jalen Brunson, four-year, $110 million deal, and they just acquired another couple of guys, too. I I can't recall their names exactly, but it was the backup big man from the Clippers. Uh, Does any of this move your needle for the Knicks? Are they a team where you're like, yeah, they could sneak into the playoffs this year? I think
5: you've summed it up pretty well. That should be the Knicks slogan for next year. I can't recall their names exactly. That's what it. that's perfect. That goes well on a banner. That's uh, that's that's perfect for the Knicks. I can't call their names exactly. Yeah. Hartenstein they got from the Clippers Brunson. Look Brunson's a nice player. You're going to give this guy $110 million. I mean, come on. He's, he's never made an all-star team. I get it. Like I said, nice player. He's fine. But boy, it's uh, it just seems like a typical Knicks move where you can't get the top guy you want. So you just settle for whoever and. Man, I just, I wouldn't go there. It's a league of superstars, all-stars. You know, what is he? Uh, He's not a number two on a good team. Probably not even a number three. You know, like I said, nice player. He's not going to embarrass you. They Knicks have signed some contracts in the past. Like Joe Kim Noah, they give him a ton of money. And a year later, he's out of league. It's not going to be this case with Brunson. He plays hard. Uh, Remember, you know, he's a winning player comes from Villanova. He won championships. I like him as a player, but boy, for that price tag, it's just, uh, it's just pretty crazy. And so much for the tampering rules in the NBA because you're not supposed to be able to negotiate with these guys until July 1st. It's June 30th at you know five o'clock in the afternoon, and we got all these contracts coming <laughs> out. Like, wh- where are the tampering rules? What like I understand it's hard to legislate, but like, are, are the rules just non existent? Sometimes they punish teams for it. Sometimes they don't. It's uh, it's really, it's kind of hard to keep track of.
4: Yeah, for real. I mean, the Bulls did end up getting screwed by it last year. We'll see if the same happens to the Knicks. But I, I think it's kind of just, ah, uh, we'll pick and choose who gets in trouble with it or penalized for it, yeah it's kind of absurd but no Will, man I mean you make a great point even though the NBA is not going on we got plenty to talk about in terms of all this offseason nonsense and still even not only with the NBA the NFL as well and man you're not only looking at the beginning stages of the NFL you're looking way toward the end of the season tell me why you're getting invested already on some of these NFL week 18 games here at the end of June
5: Yeah, I was on with Gil this morning. He was making fun of me because these games take place January 7th, 2023. But I'm going to give you some (laughs) picks for week 18. Of course, every game there's a line out, which we love. Uh, It makes for some opportunities. The Texans plus 10 against the Colts. The Patriots plus seven against the Bills. The Lions plus eight against the Packers. And the Falcons plus seven and a half against the Buccaneers. What's the theme here? It's week 18. I'm fading all the favorites in the division. So uh, there's a chance here, especially now that we don't have two buys, that these teams that are good, these teams that win the division are locked into the one or, hey, locked into the two, three, four, where it really doesn't matter one way or another. Uh, And you could see a situation where you get these teams plus seven and a half, plus eight, plus 10, where if the other teams rest in starters, you might be getting points in a game where you're favored. Week 18 gets really crazy with the lines. You don't know what's going to happen, of course. You know what? Maybe the team that's favored here needs the game and the line moves against you by a couple points. But I think you're, you're making a good bet here if you're taking over a touchdown week 18, baiting these teams that are favored to win the division.
4: All right. Yeah. I like that thought process with it. I mean, when I'm going over the win totals, I'm always having that little asterisk when it comes to the week 18 games because a lot of those teams probably resting their guys, assuming they have their playoff spot solidified. So I got it. Hey, it seems crazy, but I actually agree with you. and I And I kind of like that idea if you're willing to put your money away for that long. Probably a better line than you're gonna get at that point. Uh, well, before we get out of here, my man, we got about 30 seconds left. I know this game's already underway with the Yankees and the Astros. I know you had a bet in this spot. It's still zero zero, so some people could get involved. What did you have for this game?
5: I did take the Yankees. Uh, I figured with the collision yesterday, Alvarez and Pena, uh, that those guys were either gonna be compromised or out of the lineup altogether. So I thought it was a good spot for the Yankees here. It's a weird one-game sort of scenario because these teams were supposed to play early in the year. Remember with the lockout, it got pushed back, and you can't make up a three game series all at once. So they're just sprinkling a makeup game here, a makeup game there. So a one game series. But uh, I'm on the Yankees here. It was a fun four gamer last weekend, but I'm on the Yanks.
4: And then you're thinking maybe uh, runs will not be coming as bountiful as our guy Josh Applebaum was thinking for the Cubs and Reds tonight. Is that right?
5: Yeah, I played under five. I know the wind's blowing out, so it might be dangerous. But I just love this kid, Ashcraft, for Cincinnati throws a hundred mile an hour cutter. He's been a bright spot for them. I think they've won seven of his eight starts. He's been really good at eight strikeouts his last game uh, against the Giants. So uh, this is more of a play on him, maybe an over strikeout prop with Ashcraft. So uh, that's a play for me. And when I'm on next time, we can talk about 2028 week NFL, uh, NFL week six picks. So I can uh, break down some more of these NFL future games.
4: Perfect. I'm counting out in my man at not will. Hill on Twitter. Will, best of luck and take care my man. All right. See you guys. Appreciate it. Host of the New York City cast, willhillbeason.com slash podcast to get a hold of that and much more from our guy, Will. Coming up next, I'll give you my top playing baseball and more in-depth analysis with that Cubs and Reds game. Final segment here on Rush Hour coming next.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is Rush Hour on Send, the
4: sports betting network. It's Wimbledon week, and Bed Rivers Online Sportsbook is your go-to sportsbook for all tennis-related betting. Today through the 4th of July, place a $25 wager on Wimbledon at Bet Rivers for a free $10 Bet Rivers live bet to use on any Wimbledon match. Simply just log into the Bet Rivers app. And remember, now you can even live stream the tennis matches from the online sports book. Place that $25 wager and hopefully cash in on that $10 free bet all at BetRivers.com. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen it is time for our final segment here on rush hour i'm danny burke your host you can always follow along on twitter at danny burke five and man twitter has been pretty hectic today and i'm hoping it continues to be throughout the night right free agency uh, free agency officially begun The Bulls haven't done anything. We're kind of waiting. Maybe they're playing it safe so they don't get hurt with those uh, tampering rules once again. And naturally, we're waiting to see what happens with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So uh, tons to get excited about throughout the next couple of weeks. But we also still got baseball. We can't forget about baseball, folks, and we've been loving to bet it, and we're looking to do the same tonight. I got one official play on the diamond, and then I'll give you my thoughts on that Cubs and Reds game. But let's go out to the West Coast, talk about Seattle and Oakland tonight. This is really the only game that I figured had the best betting interest that really just caught my attention because Thursdays are always kind of a slim slate to begin with. So we take it out to Seattle. We're originally at Bat Rivers. Seattle open at minus 208. Yes, that is an aggressive price, but not as aggressive as the price that you're seeing now. A minus 265 for the Mariners at Bat Rivers. Oakland now up to plus 215. They opened up at plus 180. Total open seven in the hook. It's remained at seven in the hook. Juice is on the under minus 118. Now Oakland just got swept in a three game set on the East Coast against the Yankees. The Mariners just took two out of three against the Orioles and these teams did just play last weekend in Oakland. The Mariners did sweep the A's and they outscored them 19 to three in that three game set. Pitching matchup tonight. How about former Nebraska Cornhusker Adrian Martinez? Yeah, that's a joke, sorry. But Adrian Martinez is actually starting for the A's. He's only started one game for Oakland this season. It was back in May. So he's been back and forth with Triple-A, and even in Triple-A, I think he had a FIP of over five. But granted, he did have a really good start his one time this year with Oakland at Detroit when 4.1 innings pitched, four hits, no earned runs allowed, three strikeouts, and the A's won that game four to one. Now, let's be honest. The Mariners are a little bit different bunch than the Detroit Tigers, all right? The Seattle team is hitting 702 OPS-wise against righties. 284 BABIP, 310 WOBA and a 107 WRC+. Pretty manageable numbers for a team you want to back, especially if the opposing team is the Oakland A's. And the Oakland A's having to go against one of the top pitchers in the American League being Logan Gilbert. Gilbert is a guy we took a flyer on for AL Cy Young. Has it gone according to plan? Not necessarily, but his numbers still have been fairly strong. 8 and 3, 2.44 ERA, 324 FIP. 109 Whip and a 365 Sierra for Logan Gilbert. All right, and furthermore, 8.5% is his home run to fly ball ratio. You're under 10%, you're golden. 82.2% left on base percentage. League average is seventy-two percent. And he's getting about nine strikeouts per nine innings. And at home, his numbers are even better, where he's posting a 227 ERA, a 244 WOBA, and a 251 FIP. In Oakland. We know them to not be a great team offensively. They got a 589 OPS, a 260 Babip, 262 Woba, and a 73 weighted runs created plus against righties. Needless to say, I don't really want to invest in this Oakland team. Especially, too, for the fact that their bullpen is abysmal 452 ERA and a 144 whip. Seattle's got a decent pen, 380 ERA, 112 on their whip. But like I said, they're up to minus 265 on the money line. No chance I'm laying that chalk with Seattle. So that takes me to the run line. Discuss this on the Chicago CityCast today. Put it in the VEASAN Best Bets log page. Make sure you're always checking those extracurricular angles out so you could get the best numbers as possible. Because now the run line's up to minus 114. The market keeps diving in on this Seattle squad. When I got them at Bet Rivers, they did have the best number on the run line, and it was even money. So that's where I pulled the trigger on Seattle. Ideally, you shop around and you could get minus 110 or less. Originally, I was saying minus 105, but that may not be the case as of this moment. But Seattle is the rightful favorite, and this is a team with one of their, if not their eights on the mound, Logan Gilbert, should be able to take care of Oakland right now. Now Crawford is gonna be out of the lineup by saw for Seattle, so that's not ideal, but still. Seattle, this is a game that they need to win. They're still a team crawling and really scratching to get back into the playoff discussion, and you got to take advantage against opponents like Oakland and do it in an impressive, dominating fashion. So I'm banking on that happening, and I bet the Mariners on the run line tonight against the Oakland Athletics. So that's my one official play for this Thursday evening. The only other game, of course, that I really handicapped on the Chicago CityCast was the Reds and the Cubs, but, man, this one wasn't... Anything too convincing one way or the other. I would have entertained the over like we were discussing with Josh Applebaum, but the number had already gotten out of hand. When I talk about it on the CityCast, I always do my opening lines and I put the Cubs minus 120, the Reds even money in the total nine and a half. Bet Rivers had the Cubs minus 125, the Reds plus 108 in the total also at nine and a half. But by the time I was discussing it, I mean, this total had already jumped up to 10, and now you're seeing it as high as 10 and a half. So, yeah, I don't really want to bet a total over ten and a half. Seldom do I do a total over nine and a half, let alone a whole run higher. And with two offenses that are just no bueno. I mean, you got Kyle Hendricks pitching for the Cubs, who we know is the most volatile pitcher in Major League Baseball as of this point. Because his last start was one of his best of the year. He went seven innings, no in runs, five hits at St. Louis. But against Cincinnati at the Great American Ballpark, he did just go four and allowed four earned runs. The Reds won that game four to three. But at home against the Reds in his career, for whatever reason, the dude is 4-0 with a 2.65 ERA and 10 home starts for Cincinnati. But you gotta look at the other numbers for Hendricks. I mean, three and six, 490 ERA, 487 FIP, and a 457 Sierra, he at any given point is due for a terrible start. But that's the thing, he goes back and forth and back and forth, but for the reasoning that he had a great start in his last one, maybe you can expect him to have a brutal one tonight. Because at home, he's got even a worse ERA at 518 and a FIP of 483. Fade away or stay away with Kyle Hendricks. That's the memo. Well, the Reds, they're throwing out Graham Ashcraft. We kind of talked about him briefly with Will Hill. He likes Ashcraft, and I get why. I mean, the dude's 4-1 with a 327 ERA, 373 FIP, 371 Sierra, and a 109 WHIP. So all those numbers are fairly impressive from Ashcraft, a young pitcher for the Reds. But his last three games, he has surrendered 12 runs on 23 hits, it scares you a little bit. And his numbers, oddly enough, at Cincinnati at home, which shouldn't be the case, are better at home than they are on the road where he's got a 384 FIP and a 424 ERA. Look, you gotta ask yourself, is Kyle Hendricks worth trusting in this spot? Because Cincinnati, no, they're not the best against righties, 87 WRC plus. But at Wrigley, this season, they got an 850 OPS, a 468 batting average of balls in play, a 371 WOBA, and a 135 weight of runs created plus for the Reds at the friendly confines. So I don't know, man. I mean, I think if I was doing anything here, I would take the plus money with Cincinnati at plus 108. I would, and I'm not saying I'm doing that, but if, you know, the old adage, gun to your head, that would probably be my move because I don't trust Kyle Hendricks whatsoever. And Ashcraft is showing some potential See if he could put it on display tonight. But maybe the safer bet, as the market has shown you, is that there could be a lot of runs featured in this game. Wind's blowing out. Hotter day here in the Windy City. We'll see what happens. But I'm not going to get involved at 10.5. If it starts out slow, if Hendricks is dealing for a few innings, maybe wait for that adjusted total and take advantage of the better number. That could be your... Thought process and strategy for betting that Cubs game tonight. If you want to get involved, if not, probably find yourself something better to do on this Thursday evening aside from watching the Cubs and Reds. But now, nah, always a joy when we get to watch the Cubs out at Wrigley Field on such a beautiful day, and hopefully we can celebrate a winner with Seattle because that is our official play tonight. The Mariners on the run line snagged them even money. Remember, search for the best number because it's gotten a little bit out of hand, but we're putting stock in Logan Gilbert tonight and really just not putting that much confidence into this Oakland A's team that has been a mess all season. So that's our official play. Best of luck, as always, if you tail. Hopefully we get some exciting news throughout the NBA still, folks, because, well, we got to see what the Bulls do. The Bulls were 60-1 to to win the NBA championship at Bett Rivers, and if they can get a couple big pieces, I'd be shocked to see the number that high anymore. And not only will we be covering NBA tomorrow on Friday, but we've got some more NFL to preview. I know we talked about the NFC East today, and long story short, if you missed it, we're looking under with the Commanders. If you get that 8.5 and and the juice isn't too crazy, and then the Giants under 7.5 would be the right move. But you're laying minus 165, so that's why we're not looking to play that angle tonight. So... That's what we got for the NFL. Tomorrow, we'll see what it holds, right? We'll see what division kind of pops up in our head. But not only are we talking NFL, Lou Vinicara will be joining us to talk UFC. Got the big event for Saturday night. And then also Josh Towers, former MLB pitcher, talking all things on the diamond. Can't wait till tomorrow. But until then, folks, keep your eyes on Twitter for all that news. And take care.